This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hi, LSPod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a shot! Post for Shearer, goal! McLaughlin has it, oh, deflection, and it's a goal! Comes to Mitchell, it's another goal! Incredible hobble! Everybody, big thanks to Lawrence Vigaru, Michael Timlin, Jimmy Glass, and Kasali Yinka Casal for giving me a month off. But now it's back to business, and joining me for the first preseason pod of the summer is the venerable Abbott Dave. Hello, Dave. Hello, Rich. Good to get get some minutes under the legs today, isn't it? God, isn't it just? How are you? How has your summer been thus far? It's been good. It's been nice to have a bit of a break. Finished succession. Okay. Which is good. Did some running, emergency plumbing, all the fun. Now, I've just realized I know the story to the (laughs) emergency plumbing, and I don't think anyone needs that if they're they're listening to this for some reason during their cornflakes. No, no, it's not. um, Well, it it literally is family friendly because it was a family event that caused it. But yeah, maybe not one to uh, maybe not one to listen to whilst eating. It's on my it's on my Twitter if if you're super curious. Yeah. Solids never go down the No. <laughs> <laughs> oh dearie dearie me. I've had a lovely summer day. Thanks for asking. Um mani- managed to switch off uh for a month or so, which was frankly magical. I went to the um 
STFC museum launch last week, and that was a genuine thrill to listen to historians, curators, and ex-players discuss this project. Really look forward to seeing how that pans out, maybe getting somebody from the uh, trustees of the museum on the pod. It was very interesting, actually. They're a separate entity. They're their own charity. Um, They've got a lot of great plans, but they, they require a lot of help from Swindon Town fans. So do look up that literature and those tweets and those messages and their website for for information but oh it was lovely dave i, I really enjoyed that oh i bet i'm jealous there's a lot of, there's a lot of history there isn't it and there's not been a lot done to share it i suppose um we've got obviously podcasts like this one and all the others out there but in terms of like a a, a, a retrospective look and shouting out what Swindon's done in the past there's there's those couple of cupboards in the depths of the Arkle stand which you don't really unless you're going VIP or like me at a birthday party and drunk at midnight and just fancy going for a wander then you're not likely to ever ever see what's there and so having having a, a force behind it to bring that out and to share it with I guess with 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 fans now but also it's a, it's a good tool for outreach into like schools and getting that out into the like, into the community and generating new fans through that means as well. So yeah, home fingers crossed, fingers crossed for everyone behind it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It, it, it's just about making what is, what, 143 odd years of excitement, drama, controversy, and making it more accessible to the wider fan base within the county ground is huge. I mean, as you quite rightly point out, you know, our successes are, are only available to those who are putting their money down to go corporate or in the hospitality suites. And even our war memorial isn't accessible to the majority of fans, is it? Because it's above yeah. it's above the, the the entrance for the players. So loads, loads of things that, that they're, they're planning and I really look forward to seeing how it pans out. But the reason that this pod was late as we move on, Dave, was uh, an apologies for the late release of this but we were waiting for those fixtures now I'm glad you're on Dave because I think you're one of the few people in 2023 that you know you you like fixture release day I flit in between I fully acknowledge that it's all just a little bit pointless but historically Dave I have used this day as a marker to get through that God awful, boring period where nothing happens. Now we've had that this summer, but I've had a great time in in the nothingness. But you are a fan of this day, and don't say you're not. <laughs> it's well, I've I've been caught out many a times in the past two weeks by fake tweets pronouncing that today is fixed release day. So I'm glad it's finally come round. <laughs> it's 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 the metaphorical turning of the calendar, isn't it, from last season onto this one? And now you've got that page with the whole schedule for the coming year and it is like you say that kind of break mark of the summer and we can like pre-season starts end of next week I think um the the break's over now we can start properly fretting about lack of signings and how bad the peers we are the players that we are signing are going to be and all the fun that comes with a a pre-season we can Mm. start now in earnest yeah, we'll talk about the preseason schedule a little bit later on, but let's start with the cups, the one that nobody cares about, but it's got a kind of semi-interesting game in there. First up is Arsenal under 21s, uh week commencing 
the 4th of September. And then we have a competitive fixture with our old pals, Reading. Away at the Medeski, week commencing 9th of October. And then Exeter City at home, uh, week commencing the 13th of November. We have a manager now in Michael Flynn who likes a cup competition. So you never know. We might do something here, but Reading for the first time at the county ground in a competitive game since February 2002. Uh, a nil-nil draw with a few sendings off. I think it was Sammy Igo for Reading and Paul McAravey and, of course, Adam Reeves um, going during that terrible uh, televised fixture. Uh, it's been a while, hasn't it? Oh yeah, you can say that again. I've only, I've, um, I've never seen us play red in a competitive fixture, and I'd imagine that quite a lot of our current fan base haven't either. I saw um, we played them in a friendly in two thousand and six. I want to say, um, but yeah, other than that, it's um, it must feel a bit of a fall from grace for them, a bit um, slumming it as a as a first team entry in this tournament. Because I'm fairly certain they would have been one of those. Premier Premier League and Championship under twenty three squads at some point in the recent past, but it it gives a little bit of something, doesn't it, to what could otherwise be a fairly tedious run out. So it definitely um, brings a bit of something to look forward to uh, going into next season. Yep, it's the EFL Trophy. Nobody cares, but I'm sure uh, a few at the Medeski will turn up. Um, my memory, whenever we did last play them, whether it was that long ago or a bit more recently, my memory is that Reading fans turned up for it in, in reasonable numbers. I, I might be, you know, not remembering that correctly, but it's always been more at their side of things than ours, I would say, especially in my time supporting Swindon from like the 90s, the, what, the early 90s, 2000s. Um, I think that was probably more of a rivalry before then how can I hate a team that had Paul Bowden in it at one time that was that was my mentality as a teenager and the the next cup uh was the EFL League Cup the Carabao Cup it's a terrible draw a trip to the Western Homes or the Swindon Town will call it the Western Homes Stadium uh to play Peterborough nobody wants that that's one for the purists isn't it yeah it's a bit it's a bit underwhelming isn't it it's a it's a it's a team, it feels like we play and a venue we've been to fairly regularly. I think what you were saying earlier about Flynn being a cup manager, it does feel one that could be winnable It if um, if Peterborough don't approach it in the right manner and we do. So there is possible, I think there's a possibility there for an upset, but it's not It's not kind of, with, the, with that first round, you either want a, a complete pancake at home or one of the big championship sides at home don't you or or away I guess if it's one of the bigger grounds and this kind of fits nowhere in between either of them Mm. yeah but again we have a cup specialist um cups are huge for Swindon Town I imagine so I'm more than sure they wish they had a home game for this um this is going to be the first selfish mention you know I'm I'm away on holiday for the uh first game of the season and the cup game. So absolutely elated. They're both away from home. Uh, That takes us to the season fixtures. So we're not going to go one by one by one, but we'll certainly cover August. It starts away at Ben Garner's Colchester United. And then our first game at the county ground of the new season will be against Crew Alexandra. And then a 
double a midweek and a weekend away away. Forest Green Rovers and Wrexham, that could be a tricky week. And August finishes with Scott Lindsay's Crawley Town coming to the county ground on August 26th. So in terms of starts, I think that's quite tricky. There's no real basis of that. I guess I'm looking at Forest Green and Wrexham and Colchester is never a place that we it feels like we get much. Um, we'll focus on August and then we'll go sprawling through the others. How are you feeling about that that first month? Those first three months, it feels like we're mostly away, but I think there's only two more away games than there are home. Um, but a tricky start, I think, potentially. Yeah, that, the Colchester way is possibly the most uninspiring fixture you can have to start the season. But like you say, it's one where it feels like we don't really get anything from. I think the the Forest Green game, I don't know, they, they bottomed out completely last year. So we could get something from that. It's a pity that that one's on a Tuesday yeah. because that could have been a, a nice away day. It takes me out, definitely. Yeah, it's annoying. Wrexham, it's, uh, well, it's, yeah, Wrexham's going to be difficult, but Wrexham's likely to be difficult whenever we get them. Um, and having having Scott Lindsay come back so soon will be quite fun, assuming he's still in post at that point. Um, <laughs> so that's something to look forward to, at least. That's a dig. Uh, how are we feeling about Wrexham and the Hollywood FC? I saw BBC Radio Wiltshire having a whale of a time announcing when Wrexham were coming to Swindon. I don't know if it's good or not that they're with us on Boxing Day. I don't usually go to Boxing Day games. Is that going to change my mind? Maybe. I don't know. But it's it's very circusy, isn't it? And I, yeah. I, I haven't seen the documentary series. I couldn't care less. But I had a work colleague message me today asking on what the ticket situation for Boxing Day was because he has become a Wrexham fan because of that documentary series. You know, he's a very casual follower of football but I was just like oh is it, is it that big a thing it, it seems like it is yeah I suppose they've got they've got the hype haven't they and it's like anything if you build build hype and momentum around something then people will come and watch it either out of interest or because they genuinely like and care about them I it's I don't find I find it hard to get too overwhelmed by it and I I think they'll there's it's it's incredibly likely that they'll be one of the sides who are up there at the top of the table, but there's been well-funded sides that get promoted millions of times before and they don't amount to much in the, in their first season going up. So it's not guaranteed that they'll stroll the division either. Like a lot of people say they would like take Brad Bradford, for example, they seem to splash the cash every summer and they've been in this division for eons. It feels like, so mm-hmm. it's, it's a, it's a funny one. I, it, it's just, I guess it's the, a bit of a scent cult of personality around the whole, like I'm just, just gesticulating at everything that's going on there. Um, <laughs> and people just want to see that and I guess, uh, yeah, feel a part of it. But yeah, I, I mean, going to see, is Ben Toza still there or? He is, yep. Or Paul Mullin. I yep. mean, it's not, it's, if you, if you strip away the the, the glamour and fanfare, they're just they're, they're League Two footballers. <laughs> so. Absolutely, they are. I mean, if for those fans that are just adopting it now, I, I don't know what they're expecting. You know, the fifth tier and the fourth tier are, um, are you know not too dissimilar. But here we are talking about them, so they're getting exactly what yeah. they want, aren't they? So we'll move swiftly on. Are there any months that that stand out for you? Are there any months that you think? That could be huge when 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 we get to the end of the season. Anything of note? Anything of interest before we move on? 
the big one, the, there's a bit of October uh, looks quite tricky. Mm. The run of fixtures there would got the likes of um, Notts County, Bradford, Salford, MK Don, Stockport in fairly quick succession. And that's a that's a run of clubs who either relegated last year or in the playoffs last year. And you'd expect it again to have a decent chance of being quite strong this year. Um, and so having those in quick succession might be quite challenging. And again, um, similar cluster. We've got the same cluster in around February, March time, I think. So they're ones to look out for. End of season, again, other side of the coin on on this mythical paper looks a bit more magi- uh, manageable. Um, some of the clubs are getting like, they're like AFC Wimbledon and Barrow. Um, I think we end the season against Morecambe. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, this is all completely hypothetical right now. Of course it is, but you'd think that maybe that's a run of a run of games which might look a bit more winnable. And depending on how full your glass is, that's either a winnable run of games to tee up a playoff or promotion charge, or a winnable run of games to uh, survive. <laughs> Dave, uh, without going into huge huge detail, how how full is your glass right now? Um, probably half full. Okay, yeah, a lot. Yeah, a lot depends on the next month. Absolutely, it does. Um, no doom or gloom here at the moment. It's it's just one of those things. Yep, I think that's enough in terms of fixture chat. There's you know things happen. If we've talked about the Christmas schedule, we've got Forest Green shortly afterwards. That's a nice nice one for for people who can travel in during Christmas. Um, but other than that, you know, we'll see, you know, there's always a, a team that appears out of nothing and, uh, and hopefully that'll be the same this year. Cause it is a stronger division this year without a doubt, isn't it? It feels like it, but I go back to that point again, where you know, there's countless examples of big name teams failing to hit expectations. So there's no reason why, although on paper it looks stronger that we can't, if we get our house in order and we do everything right and get the right players in, blah, 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 that we can't be one of those competing as well. Mm, Okay, let's move on to transfers and then we'll talk about the squad as it currently stands. So at time of recording, uh, the 22nd of June, Thursday, we have not, Swindon Town have not yet signed a player, much to the uh, annoyance of a... uh, of a quite audible, I imagine it's minority. I think we just like the news, don't we? But I've looked around the League Two fixtures over the last couple of days and there aren't that many that make me go, wow, we've missed this guy. Um, I I think they've been quite average in terms of signatures across the division. That's not based on much, but nobody beyond maybe one player has made me go, gah, blimey. Um, well, Lawrence Vigaru to potentially Burnley is a heck of a move, isn't it? I mean, the guy, the guy messaged us, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he reached out to us, and we were having a chat because, of course, you you control the 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 the, the, the Low Strangers Twitter account, and it, Lawrence messaged us, and and I was like to you, Dave, I think he wants to go on the pod again, and you were like, well, there's only one way to because he was saying nice stuff and hello yeah. and all that, and I was like. Does, does he want to go back on the pod? <laughs> and, oh, bless him. He was really, really nice. And he was more than happy. And within a, two hours of that exchange, he'd already recorded. Much yeah. like the first time he was on as well. But um, he did give me sort of, I mean, he hasn't joined Burnley yet. So it was a bit unfair to go into much detail. But he he was open to moves elsewhere. 
um, depending. And he even said something like, oh, oh, travel. So maybe he knew Burnley was happening and he wanted to see what his legacy was before Orient fans went crazy. But it's a great move for him. I mean, he's 29. You know, he's he's not gonna he's not gonna play week in, week out or at all, but he's gonna get paid and you might get a couple of loan moves. Why not, eh? Yeah, no, absolutely. Get that get that paper. Get that bag, Lawrence. Yes, indeed. Just prove that um Vincent Company is uh, one of the low strangers subscribers. Oh, I hope so. I hope so. Um, in terms of players coming in, it's been very, very quiet in terms of the rumor mill, which is brilliant. I think that's exactly what we want. Um, we don't want, you know, countless amount of people saying that so and so is in the building. That will happen in time. But since then, all we've seen is poor old Michael Flynn asleep on a plane, dastardly moved by a by a fan, wasn't it? Goodness me! Do people have no shame? <laughs> it's pathetic. <laughs> oh, poor guy. This guy's just had a holiday. He wants to have a kip on a plane and he's getting papped. Oh, dear. It's not for me. I was like, poor form, poor form. Let the guy kip. Yeah. I, I, I would never sleep on a plane, though. I tell you that for nothing. Um, couldn't think of anything more uncomfortable. So, the only name that we've been given so far from a reasonable reasonably credible source is Alan Nixon. It's been a while, hasn't it, with with Alan mm. Nixon, who has linked us to QPR's third or fourth goalkeeper, Murphy Mahoney, uh, which is a splendid name, very Chicago mobster 1920s style. But we have had our exits and, and those players are starting to join clubs elsewhere, predominantly non-league. We haven't heard anything or I haven't seen anything in relation to George Calmedo or Oscar Massey, but Mo Dabre's gone to Chelmsford City. Morgan Roberts has gone to Brackley Town. Harry Parsons got a pretty decent move to Maidenhead United. And um, Kean Harries has joined Oldershot. And the big move was Johnny Williams, who rejected, dramatically snubbed Mark Hughes and Bradford City for the uh, easy commute to Ginningham. Um, so we'll be seeing... Johnny back at the county ground in uh, well, sometime in the season. I don't know. I've just, October yeah. time. So no major surprises there, is there? But some, I mean, Harry Parsons, I mean, we couldn't get him a loan move um, to the National League, but he's found himself a deal, which is a good one. Yeah, I've, that, that stood out to me, to be fair to him. It's like you say, it's better than the loan deals he's had. I don't know how big a part he'll play for Maidenhead, but they're one of the... They're one of the strugglers in that division, so hopefully he'll get a chance. It reminds me a little bit of, um, it's going back about 10 or 15 years, but Jake Hyde was uh, like had a similar kind of youth career to Harry Parsons, didn't he? He never made the grade with us and then went on to be quite prolific at non-league. Mm-hmm. So Just joined Yeovil, I think, hasn't he? Has he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so perhaps this is um, the start of a similar kind of route, and there's no there's no shame in that by, by any means. So, yeah, good luck to him. And the... The, the rest of the movers, like the rest of the, the non-league movers are kind of to levels you'd expect again, wouldn't you? But yeah, good luck to them all. And Johnny Williams is back in his ancestral home. Um, I think Gillingham are probably one to be wary of next season, given how they kind of ended last year and they've got the funds behind them this year. Not sure what kind of react, reaction he'll get um, when he comes back next year, Williams. I don't, I th- he f- feels like one who might be easy to get under the skin mm, of. Yeah. Um, yeah, but we'll see. Oh, him falling over, twist 
the twist and fall of Johnny Williams as a, as an opposition player. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be interesting. And there's been a lot of conversations about how good Johnny Williams actually was um, over the last few weeks. He's been the, the 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 figure of discussion during the quiet time where people sort of go, he actually wasn't that good, which is so classic football fan, isn't it? It's just can't acknowledge that first season. He was he was perfectly adequate and he and he ended this season as our top goal scorer and he ended 22-23 as our top goal scorer take away those goals and that pathetic effort and we could be in far worse bother than, than we actually ended up but I, I enjoyed his time it wasn't incredible amazing fantastic but he stayed fit for the overwhelming majority which was the thing that I was most concerned with other than that he was pretty good at this level and probably will be with Ginningham too. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, I think, I do think it will be easy to. I think one one strong challenge, and I think it will be easy to get under the skin of him. Mm. And you'll have nine thousand, nine thousand Wiltshire men uh, baying for Johnny Williams's blood, and one one uh, Swindon fan from near Maidenhead. <laughs> so, in, stop, stop shouting, at Johnny! <laughs> I'm gonna map that on my calendar. Mark that on my calendar now. You've just sold it to me. I'm um, season ticket, so I'll be there. But I'm uh, looking forward to it. Now, I guess the reason why I'm not Mr. Flappy Flapperton at the moment in terms of the lack of signings is just the amount of players that we already have at Swindon. Whether they might be going or not is neither here or there. They are currently Swindon players. So I think that reassures me. Now, yes, they are players from what has been a very ad- average season that 22-23 was, but it's Michael Flynn's job now to bring in players that can enhance the team that we've already got. We do have a goalkeeper in Connor Brown. We don't know anything about him, but he's here. Um, in terms of defence, we'll, we'll go as loose in terms of, of, of positions. We've got Romeo Hutton still at the club. He hasn't been sold just yet. He did a cryptic sort of, it looked like, it felt like a goodbye message but or, or photo, but nothing has happened since. We've still got Ellis Iandolo, Tom Clayton, Reese Devine. Fraser Blake Tracy, Marcel Lavinia, and Harrison Minton. We, I assume, we've still got George McEachran, uh, Ronan Darcy still here, Jake Kane, Ricky Aguas, Saidu Khan, who didn't quite get his first cap, did he, um, for the Gambia over the summer, and Anton Dwarzak. And up top, we've got Tommy Adeloy, Charlie Austin, Rashan Hepburn Murphy, Jacob Wakeling, Jake Wakeling, and Tyree Shade. So, we're quite busy already and we don't know what's going to happen with Tom Brewitt. Um, there are rumours that he he won't stick around. Uh, we, I don't know if they're true or not. But this is the first season for a few years, Dave, where there are players in the building. So even if it's complemented with loan players, I don't know how good this squad currently is, given that we experienced a pretty wretched time last year. But isn't it just positive that we have bodies already? Um, it's a nice change, I suppose. But it's there's no point having bodies in if they're not good enough. Um, and I think, obviously, new manager might change things. But last season was fairly compelling evidence that a decent chunk of those squad of that squad isn't good enough to be to be starters in a side that's challenging at the top of the division I think we've got we've got a decent base of a squad and we've got enough I guess we've got enough like depth 
but we've got nothing to top that depth with. I don't think we we still need we still need a goalkeeper. We still need at least one commanding centre back, if not two. It's a big season. If Clayton needs if Clayton can progress as well as he did last season, that ticks that one off. We need some. We need a bit more. We need better midfielders. Um, aside from McEachern and possibly Khan, I'm not sure we've got um, top half quality midfielders. I think we need more. We need another um, starting attacker slash winger. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what whether you like attacker slash winger depending on whether it's like a, a four three three or four four two. Because if it's four four two, Austin can't do it all on his own and if it's 4-3-3 I'm not sure you I don't know how comfortable I'm relying on Wakelin and Hepburn Murphy as those leading attackers there and they're all fairly substantive pieces in a team that you need I think that like I say there's enough there's enough depth there to fill in in times of crisis but yeah I don't know it's 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 we've got a very bland bolognese at the minute and we need to garnish it. Mm, I do like a bland bolognese though. I'm a fussy eater, remember, <laughs> Dave. Um I'm with you and I'm not sat here going nothing can go wrong now. Just nail the loan market and bring a few perm- permanent players in and all is sorted and a new coaching staff, new ideas, new formation maybe, but and, and I know that Michael Flynn's not known to be, you know, sexy football personified but i'm i'm willing to give the club a pass on the fact that there there are it's not an achievement that there are bodies here it's the fact that we had to rebuild again last year um that that we have these players and we know Ricky Agua probably isn't going to be around for too long and we haven't seen much of Reese Devine brilliant at Orient until he clapped out again we don't know if Romeo Hutton who was the main source of providing our goals last season is going to be around but I still think it's an okay base base and it, it is relaxing me i mean i've had a great month off dave i've not fretted once and um i'm not gonna fret over this i'm i'm probably like gonna sit on the fence like i am every summer and we'll see what what happens when once the will what the state of play is once the window closes i think the the, the basis of a lot of the frustrations from swindon fans is the fact that yet again is the argument we are leaving it late. Uh, we are one of a minority of League Two clubs that haven't done any business just yet that we know of. Um, and it, it's just frustrating. But even then, there's no guarantee that the person they announce is somebody we're going to want or the fan base will be happy with, which is what happened last season. Yeah, exactly. And it's a difficult one, isn't it? And I guess I guess part of that angst is because last season was so underwhelming that there, there, there might be a bit of a desire to see uh, like a... And uh, uh, I'm going to say proactive, but if if you come out like early with early signs of intent, it might go on to sit. It might be seen as a as a immediate response to to a poor season. Whereas waiting is and I I mean I'm trying I'm trying I'm trying trying to play devil's advocate a bit here because I I completely agree. I'm not concerned that we've not signed anyone yet, and it's better to to get the good players in. And I suppose from a recruitment perspective, having loads of those that those depth players already in place does help to focus the the resource a little bit. Um I guess focus a bit of the kind of the, the scouting and the workload involved in that 
onto the the areas of need where they're so pinpointed and I guess so so clear and obvious. So that might be helpful. Um, yeah, helpful for the recruiting. Yeah, team. if I, if I'm going to be pessimistic in any realm of this discussion, is that I I hope Michael Flynn doesn't try and be too overly ambitious with his targets because I don't think we will be first in the queue with a lot of free agents or, or you know, the quest for permanent signings. Uh, I, I I don't think if, if we're one of five clubs looking for a player, I'm not convinced we'll be able to attract them um, at, this, at, at this stage. So I hope, you know, I was, we were all expecting him just to bring his pals in, weren't we? And I'm still kind of expecting some, some Newport alumni to, uh, to strengthen uh, or intimidate from midfield. I mean, I'm still a, absolutely expecting Joss Ladderby to turn up but um, we'll see I guess the it's the it's the other downside to having such a big depth in place is how much of the budget is that taken up because it's the the wages might be able to swing some of that argument if you're in a race for five clubs isn't it yeah yeah if you're paying if we if we miss out on top quality players because we're paying Ronan Darcy Jake Kane and Ricky Aguilar I mean you start to question, I guess, oh, <laughs> the mix-up. Shots fired yeah. by Dave, the first <laughs> of the 23-24 season. We just we just couldn't get the Thompson boys back, could we? They went to Stevenage. Mm-hmm. There was rumours of Nathan Thompson. And I think that was one of the only times I sort of probed a question. A lot of people were very anti-Nathan Thompson coming back. I don't think Louis Thompson was ever linked with the club. But at this level, if you replaced... Swindon Town from Nathan Thompson's career and replaced it with what Shrewsbury Town. A lot of people would have been elated with that transfer. Yeah, he's had a, he's had a cracking career, hasn't he? He'd have been a great sign. Yeah, exactly. but it didn't happen. He's onto a League One side. Tells you that itself. Tells you everything. Okay, well, I mean, most of the summer is going to be dedicated to transfers and so forth. So um, here's hoping that Michael Flynn nails the summer transfer window not really that much more to talk about the preseason schedule is you know very familiar looking we are going to swindon supermarine melksham town a rare visit to caution town we've got a behind closed doors game at bristol city come on somebody get me into that game please a trip to paul caddis's hereford on the 18th of july then a trip to eastleigh which is free um for people going to it so i'm tempted Wonder if I can swing it. We'll see. And then the preseason schedule so far ends with a home game against Plymouth on the 29th of July. It's a very much it is what it is schedule. There's a few free Saturdays in there as well, uh, which are, which surprised me. But what, what more can you say about these friendlies? I'll I'll be at Melksham. That's about yeah. it. I think I'll be at Melksham as well. It's kind of oh, see you there. Yeah, it's becoming a bit of a tradition now. A little, um, I do like Melksham. It's a nice little yeah. setup, isn't it? Yeah, the it whole is. it is, like you say, it is what it is. I, I'd imagine those three Saturdays will get filled out, even if it's with a more behind closed doors games against a sides second 11. But it's it's just fitness embedding in, I guess. It, it would have been nice to have had a bit of a name rather than. But it's not it's not essential. Rather than a team that we uh, we pipped to first place um only three years ago yeah. and now they're in the championship and we are back in League Two. No, it's fine. 
don't worry about it. Um, it was worth it for the Doyle goal. Um, no, honestly, it's, it's fine. We're okay with it. I, I think it's going to be trialists for the first three games. And then the day we play Bristol City and Paul Caddis's Hereford on the same day, that's when I think your your squad will will be playing. And then Eastleigh, Plymouth, um, probably closer to the first 11 um, before the trip to Colchester. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Well, this is this has gone very well. I don't think there's much more that we need to discuss. There was one, you know, bit of bad news um, over the summer: the the death of uh, Sir Seton Wills, which was announced early in the postseason. He's quite quite a name for those who remember the early two thousands, because it didn't end well. Kind of frustrated with the advice I think he was getting at the time, but. I think what's absolutely crucial is to acknowledge and appreciate that Swindon would have probably gone had it not for be had it not been for Sasseet and Wills just bailing the club out on such a regular basis. I never saw his face during that time being a, a, a fan. Um, who wasn't going to games and was living elsewhere, but his name was always in the papers always on the website because he had he had sorted Swindon Town out yet again and he deserves a legacy that remembers that yeah and it's his he was he was a he was just a rich man who supported a football club and had the means to help that football club out when they were in sticky patches but didn't want the chore of running it on a day-to-day basis which I'd completely empathize with and if I ever became a if I ever won the lottery, I think that's probably the approach I'd like to go down. It's a shame, I guess he, well, I guess he out of necessity only became involved because things were in such a disarray behind the scenes. But if it's a shame that that kind of spirit wasn't involved um, with maybe more uh, a more successful operation, and who knows what what could have been. So I think I was I was reading back through old articles ahead of this, and one of them said he'd invested over ten million pounds over over the years and 10 million pounds in the nineties and the early two thousands is a, was a lot more in lower league football than 10 million pounds covers these days, wasn't it? And like he, he certainly was, he, 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 he put the money in and he trusted people to kind of do the job well, didn't he? And it's uh, some of the people he trusted were incompetent and some of them were, I guess, downright malicious. And he kind of escaped all the, not all of the scrutiny, but, and I think that's part, it might have, I say tarnished his red, tarnished might be too strong a word, but it's kind of, it might be part of his legacy now. But I mean, even when the, the, the dark days of 2007, when everything was kind of coming to a head and there were failed CVA repayments and takeover bids were collapsing at the last minute and we were on perennial liquidation notice, it wasn't, there wasn't a unofficial Sir and Wills fan club uh, being set up. Um, I guess if you know, you know what that means. Um, he kind of escaped that level of scrutiny. And I think it's what's completely telling is that even once he cashed out and fit and took over and he was free of that financial burden, he still supported the club and he would still be seen at the county ground. And if he had if he had any bad intentions before, that would, wouldn't have been the case. It was purely driven by by um, a love of the football club. And like you say, without him, who knows where we'd be right now. 
yeah, completely agree. Yeah, it deserves our gratitude. And well, there, yeah, indeed. I think that's adequate for to dust the cobwebs of podcasting. Uh, it's going to be quite a disjointed summer. We're going to pod when the news comes as opposed to the formulaic um, approach that we have over the season. When we make a sign-in, we'll talk about it. And when we, when we play friendlies, we'll talk about those too. So until then, Dave, thank you very much. Thank you. The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford, and the podcast artwork was designed by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Has a bubble? Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.